Hey guys, welcome along to a new episode of Hellmouth Hotline. I'm your host, Rodney Stewart. We're getting into some more Nightmare on Elm Street in this episode with the follow-up to the original Nightmare on Elm Street. This is A Nightmare on Elm Street Part 2, Freddy's Revenge. So guys, um, I think with uh, Freddy's Revenge... I don't know if it's just me, but this just feels a little bit out of place, this movie. Uh, of course, it's, it's Freddy Krueger, it's a, it's a follow-up. They don't want to do the exact same thing over again, but there's there's just something strange about this film that just... You know, if it, I, personally, when I sit down and watch all the, the Nightmare on Elm Street movies, for some reason, Freddy's Revenge just feels slightly out of place compared to the rest of them. And now, I don't know if it's the whole possession side of things, but uh, it is what it is. But, you know, even when I was doing my research right here, it was saying uh, Freddy's Revenge was released November 1st, 1985. Uh, it grossed $30 million at the domestic box office on a budget of $3 million. It received mixed reviews from critics upon release, with many comparing it unfavourably to its predecessor. And in all honesty, I do think the original movie was a heck of a lot stronger than this one. But, you know, it is what it is. You're either going to love Freddy Krueger movies or absolutely hate them. There's very few cases I think you're going to be in the middle ground here. You'll either love it or hate it. But, uh... I'm one of these guys that just isn't slightly in that middle ground sort of thing. I enjoyed the movie, not quite as much as the first one. But uh, it was good to see uh, Freddy Krueger back and getting to see Robert England out of the the makeup at the beginning of the movie. If you, you look closely, uh, the bus at the very beginning, it's a nightmare sequence of course, which is, you know, that sequence alone with the, the bus perched on top of this giant canyon hell sort of a landscape at one point at the beginning of the movie. Uh, if you look closely it's it's actually Freddy Krueger that's driving the bus the whole time and it's Robert England without the the Freddy Krueger makeup on and honestly Robert England without the makeup on he is the least scariest person in the face of the planet. It's it's crazy that he is such an icon in the horror industry, like you know, if you've seen him without the makeup, it's just like this guy couldn't scare anyone. <laughs> but uh, that sequence of the bus at the beginning of the movie, very, very iconic. All right, let's get into the plot. Excuse me, <coughs> sorry about that. I'm still trying to get over the cold here slightly. Plot is five years after Freddy Krueger's apparent defeat. Uh, a family, the Walshes, have moved into Nancy Thompson's former home. Their teenage son, Jesse, has a nightmare about being stalked by Kruger driving a school bus, which we just spoke about there. He wakes up and attributes the dream to the unusual heat in the bedroom. Uh, Jesse goes to school with his friend Lisa, whom he is interested in romantically, but is too shy to flirt with her. After getting into a fight, with a boy named Grady during the gym class. Coach Schneider has them stay after class and they become friends. You know, 
I can relate to that there. There's quite a few guys that I got more friendly with after we kicked seven shades of shite out of each other in school and got put into detention. And this was (laughs) early school. This was like primary school back in the day. (laughs) And, uh, yeah. Anyway, Coach Schneider keeps him after class, makes him do press-ups until he just decides, alright, guys, have to share. They could be there for 10 minutes, 15 minutes, couple hours. You know, he's, he's, uh... He's a nasty piece of work, this guy, and he has a, a bit of a, as uh, Grady says, he gets his rocks off doing this sort of thing. And uh, yes, this happens to them quite a few times throughout the, the run of the movie. Uh, Lisa comes to visit Jesse after school, and they discover Nancy Thompson's diary is still in the house, and it's detailing her nightmares that she had in the first movie so you, you're kind of through this diary you're getting a bit of a flashback to the original Nightmare on Elm Street and what happened to her and uh, everything in the book it's strikingly similar to Jesse's dreams uh, small fires happen around the house which culminates in a spontaneous combustion of their pet birds uh, Jesse's father actually accuses him of using the a cherry bomb and blowing up the board but uh, you know it's there's a part in the movie where they the toaster catches fire in the kitchen and the father you know he's like that's the weirdest thing I've ever seen like it's, it's not even plugged in but they are the the clueless parents you know it's a, it's a trope of these old movies um, the following night uh, Jesse has a nightmare where he encounters Freddy who tells him to kill for him so it's it's a weird thing where it's Freddy gets into the real world in this movie through kind of possessing the body of Jesse um, you know he's demanding that Jesse kills for him the dreams grow more intense and Jesse unsuccessfully attempts different measures to keep himself awake he's on to the, the caffeine pills uh, just the same way Nancy did in the first film and he's trying to keep himself awake he eventually begins wandering the streets at night uh, one night he is caught by Schneider the the PE teacher at school he's, he gets into a club and he's ordering a drink uh, in a gay bar and uh, Schneider catches him in there and he's made to run laps at school as punishment now the thing that Nightmare on Elm Street was good at and this movie as well is blending the lines between the dream world and reality and you know this whole sequence where Jesse's wandering the streets goes to the gay bar orders a beer gets caught by the teacher taken to the school that are on lapse as punishment uh, it's kind of hard to determine whether this is all in a dream or it's in reality it's just the lines blur that much between it I want to say it's all in reality but you know, it's just, it's kind of, that's what they're good at, these earlier Nightmare on Elm Street movies, is that little, just just left you feeling a little bit unsettled because you, you didn't know at times where you were at <coughs> in the movie as far as dreams in the real world went. Um, after sending Jesse to the showers, Snyder is attacked by an unseen force. Um, it drags him to the showers and uh, that sequence is great as well it's like two skipping ropes 
uh, tie themselves around Schneider's wrists and drag him down the hall. And it's similar to the first movie where the, the dream sequence where the, the body bag was getting dragged down the hallway. It's done exactly the same way. Uh, all practical. Looks great. And uh, Schneider is brought into the showers and he's he's tied up to the showers with the, the skipping ropes and then uh, the towels start uh, flying off this uh, stand on their own and of course starts wailing them in the ass like the way we all did it kids at school and you were in the showers and you'd roll up your towel and you just whack somebody in the ass with it we all did it at a time and uh in the right circumstance even now at 42 i would still do it to someone <laughs> but uh yes it's little pieces of dark humor they got that uh really started to come to the forefront the further we went through the Nightmare on Elm, Elm Street franchise but a Snyder is trapped tied to the the showers with these skipping ropes he looks over his shoulder and he sees Jesse standing in the showers he's in there getting cleaned up and washed Jesse vanishes into the steam and Freddy emerges and he, of course he's got the glove on and he kills Snyder by slashing his back twice and uh, then we cut over to Jesse standing there instead of Freddy and of course his hand, he lifts his hand up and he's actually wearing the glove and uh, he freaks out runs and he's caught by the police he's walking the streets naked, he's escorted home by the police and uh, his parents begin to suspect that Jesse may be on drugs or mentally disturbed. So, good old Lisa, she takes Jesse to an abandoned factory where Freddy Krueger worked, and they find nothing there. She's doing reading on Freddy Krueger, and you know, we start to get the backstory once again of Freddy. He killed, uh, he kidnapped 20 kids, brought them to this factory, killed them. It's not as in depth as the the description we got in the first movie but we don't need that we've already seen that in the first one but uh it's just these new kids finding out the the background of freddy uh the following night jesse goes to lisa's pool party and he kisses her in the cabana but uh just prior to that uh and between those two sequences he actually he's possessed by freddy essentially and freddy actually gets him to go to his little sister's bedroom in the hopes that he might kill her, but, you know, uh, the camera is like a point of view of someone walking through the house. They come up from the, the boiler in the basement, up the stairs, into the bedroom, and uh, you hear Freddy's voice wake up, little girl, and the little girl wakes up, and she's like, what time is it? And the camera pans around, and it's actually Jesse, and he's like, it's late, go back to sleep. And with his left hand, he lifts the covers to tuck her on the slightly. And then his right hand comes up. And he's wearing the Freddy glove. So, again, freaking out. He doesn't know what to do. But the following night, he goes to Lisa's pool party. He kisses her in the cabana. Uh, but his body begins to change. And, uh, you know, he's on the floor. They're making out. They're just about to have sex, essentially. And he's kissing her down her chest between her breasts and down to her stomach and then this huge demon tongue comes out of his mouth uh, he freaks out 
gets up leaves he goes to Grady's house confesses to killing Schneider and instructs Grady to watch him as he sleeps and stop him if he tries to leave uh, when Grady eventually falls asleep Freddy emerges from Jesse's body and kills Grady now that sequence is flipping fantastic <coughs> you see it in the trailer for the the movie I'm sorry for coughing in your ear there guys um, you see it in the trailer you see uh, this hand and the 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 blades of Freddy's glove starts coming out of the tips of the fingers and you know, the flesh in the arm starts to break apart and you see the hoodies hoodies <laughs> you see Freddy's uh, striped jumper inside the flesh of the arm it's and then you know you see that the outline of the the head Freddy's head and the the chest cavity and stomach of GSA and he's pressing out towards it you know trying to get out and uh, actually uses the would love to slit the stomach open and then Freddy emerges under the bedroom just Jesse's body just disintegrates essentially for practical effects it was really really good such a good sequence in the movie um, where are we at in the in the notes here yes he kills Grady and uh, of course the camera pans away from Grady's dead body as, it, as he falls to the floor once again instead of Freddy standing there we see Jesse standing there and Jesse looks in the mirror and he sees the reflection of Freddy and Freddy's laughing at him and, uh, and you know it's again it's, it's blurring the lines between reality and dreams it's you really don't know where you're standing at at times within this movie uh, yes I just was going to say exactly the same thing that I just said there I need to keep a better note of where I'm at and my notes here uh, Jesse freaks out uh, Grady's father and mother they're battering the bedroom door trying to get in you hear police sirens start to come uh, he flees before Grady's parents enter the room and he returns to Lisa's house and Jesse tells her what's going on, he's covered in blood Lisa realises that Jesse's terror is giving Freddy a strength, she's read the book The Diary of Nancy's she knows from the end of the diary how Nancy defeated Freddy Krueger at the end of the first nightmare on Elm Street uh, and she's trying to get Jesse to be like, no, don't be afraid of him, it's your, your fear is creating him. You know, if you're not scared of him, he can't hurt you. But uh, Grady can't stop being scared of him and he transforms again into Freddy Krueger. So Freddy is, again is out in the real world. And he uses his powers to lock Lisa's parents in their bedroom, attacks Lisa and realises he cannot harm her due to Jesse's influence you know he's that's the the interesting thing about the defeat of Freddy Krueger in this movie it's you know he's pure evil but uh, Jesse is in love with his girl Lisa so whenever Freddy goes after her it's the the power of love that starts to defeat Freddy Krueger in this movie uh, eventually he goes outside where he begins to slaughter the party goers 
the sequence at the party and Freddy going after them is pretty well done and when he eventually leaves the party after Elisa's father emerges with a shotgun and fires at him but Lisa stops him from shooting Freddy he escapes in a ball of flames you know he walks across the party people are jumping out of his way and he walks towards this fence and just as he walks into the fence it catches fire it's so well done such a simple effect uh, it's simply just changing from one clip to the other it's just a, a very quick in camera trick and it's just so well timed so well done that's awesome I love that part of the movie Lisa drives to the factory looking to see if she can find him but facing suddenly nightmares and having no control over her fear before confronting Freddy so there's parts she's walking into the this abandoned factory they were at earlier in the movie and uh, she comes across these two guard dogs but they've got like human faces on them and then uh, she comes across like a, a rat and it's like a demon sort of a screaming at and this cat appears out of nowhere kills the demon rat and that's like all demonized up as well and you know it's like reality and the dream world are kind of mixing for each other and there's a part where she's actually walking across one of the catwalks and the floor gives way below her and she grabs hold of the handrail before she falls down but then she looks down and you know the floor is still there and she's actually sitting kind of on her side holding on to the top of the rail so it's you know it's uh, just the nightmare world is kind of hitting reality in a big way uh, she eventually confronts Freddy and she pleads with Jesse to fight Freddy once again but Freddy's hold is too strong and he's like you know Jesse's dead you know he's mine now and you know, I'm going to be here forever sort of thing when Lisa confesses her love for Jesse you can see the Freddy's power starting to fade and like he actually starts to bleed whenever she says this to him and uh, you know for a second she's going to run again but she realises what's what's happening here and how she can defeat Freddy and she actually uh, takes Freddy's hat off and kisses him and Jesse begins to fight back at this point Freddy combusts, uh, the whole place catches fire again Freddy goes up again as I said in the Nightmare on Elm Street review Robert England uh, made his name if memory serves right being a, a stuntman in Hollywood and he specialised in a uh, been set on fire from head to toe so you've seen that at the end of the first movie where he was running about the the basement in Nancy's house in flames that was actually him doing that himself and you do get a part of that in this movie again but it's it's more camera angles than anything else at this point because I think the directors wanted more of being able to see Freddy's face and his reactions so it was more uh, Robert England as Freddy acting what he was going through in the scene and kind of flames in the forefront of him and on the bars behind him and whatnot. so there's sequences in it where he's not actually on fire but there's other sequences where he is on fire in it. so uh, Freddy combusts basically turns to ash and you know the fire starts to disappear on its own going out and you see this charred figure lying on the floor and then it starts to move and uh, of course uh, it's Jesse and 
he starts pulling off the the outer shell essentially and you see his face below it and uh, you know Lisa goes over and they kind of hug it out at the end of the movie later as Jesse Lisa and Lisa's friend Carrie are taking the bus to school at the end of the movie finishes off exactly the same way it started out with the nightmare sequence and the bus Jesse begins to notice similarities to the original nightmare and he panics you know this bus is going too quick but after Lisa calms Jesse down Carrie leans over the top of the chair and she uh, she says that it's all over don't worry about it uh, just as she says that uh, well it's not exactly what she says but you know like it's, it's all over calm down sort of deal and just as she says that Freddy's clawed arm busts for your chest and then we see the bus driving out into the desert the way it did at the beginning of the, the movie and Freddy laughs uh, just as in Jesse's first nightmare so the movie kind of finishes off exactly the same way the, the first one finished off you know Freddy gets defeated but you're left knowing that Freddy's going to be back essentially like you know they've, they've only got rid of him for a certain amount of time before he's going to come back for them that's a good movie um don't get me wrong I did say at the start I didn't enjoy it quite as much as the first one or some of the ones that came after this one but uh, again it just it really does to me feel a little bit out of place in the the lineup of movies I don't know why it's it's a genuinely decent Freddy Krueger movie but uh, for me it's one that you know I gladly sat down to watch it again today before I did this podcast but uh, if I was going through the box set just in the the off chance that I fancy watching the Freddy Krueger movie uh, I don't think this would be one of the the ones that I would jump to straight away it's probably one of the last ones that I would re-watch but uh, it's definitely uh, worth checking out if you've never seen the Freddy movies, the Nightmare on Elm Street series. Definitely don't jump over it. You know what's it has its place in there, but uh, I don't know. Uh, again, it just kind of feels out of place. Um, is there anything else that uh, I should go into as far as the behind the scenes sort of stuff? Goes uh, release in 85, directed by Jack Shoulder, <laughs> written by David Chaskin, uh, stars Mark Patton, Kim Myers, Robert England, Freddy Krueger, of course, and Robert Lustler. Uh, second installment, Nightmare on Elm Street. Uh, the film follows Jesse Walsh, a teenager who begins having recurring nightmares, but Freddy Krueger, after moving into the former home of Nancy Thompson from the first movie. No, that's pretty much it. It just goes into the the budget thirty million uh, or made thirty million on a budget of three million. So uh fairly successful. I don't think it was just as successful as the first one. But uh definitely, uh saying as it's Halloween. Uh I'm not I'm not devastated that I sat and watched it again but uh, I'm actually looking forward to getting through the, the next couple of movies which is, where's that box set at? do we see the exact lineup of how these are going to come out if, uh, okay Dream Warriors is the next one that's going to be two days from now uh, 
the dream master, the dream child, and the final nightmare. Uh, of course, they, can, they didn't finish it off with the final nightmare. Of course, you know they're going to keep going with Freddy Krueger movies, and we're going to be doing all of them at some point. So bear with me, guys, as I get over this cold and try and get back into some regular uploads for you guys because I enjoy doing these but I'm just having a bit of a hard time actually talking at the moment you can probably hear it in my voice and there's a little bit of a wheeze going on here that I'm trying to hide if I lean too much and actually speaking I'll probably just start coughing all over the place but uh, yes hopefully it's not the the dreaded uh 2020 2021 uh virus but just the flu but at the moment uh it is what it is i'm just kind of isolating myself at the minute just in case it is that but uh yes that's the beauty of doing something on the internet you don't actually need to be around people <laughs> or even put clothes on there as an image that you didn't need at the end of this podcast guys stay safe whatever you're doing and i'll talk to you in the next episode This has been a production of Coins Edge Media. Thank you so much for listening.